do is we're going to start the first one it is gotham city monsters and if you're surprised and said wait a second well, what happened when did they roll into town i haven't heard them since issue one with jeremy and if you would have listened eric later on in the week jeremy lost his mind on issue one and issue one was a tough read it was. and you both caught up with this it was very tough uh so we caught i up. started easing myself in i'm telling you it was a bit of a shock going into the first issue the whole thing of the series yeah, but once you're in it's kind of easier to navigate than when you first get started is it i remember an eric shea a younger eric shea in more, days ago. you know a little green a, a little, you know, almost had bushy eyes and, and bushy tails. <laughs> Is that what you said? my eyes. He, he was looking at the world through rose-colored glasses until he said to me, I had to stop reading Gotham City Monsters at issue three for a bit because, boy, it gave me a headache. Oh, yeah. Because it does. And it is full-out Steve Orlando. And I don't know. Maybe Steve Orlando can go full Steve Orlando. It's a tough thing. Uh, that doesn't ever back off. He he really is See, going the, the, the biggest problem with Steve Orlando and the, all his books that we do, we try to stop because we haven't been a fan. We're not a big fan of his dialogue. And going into this, I That's really the problem, yeah. Steve Orlando dialogue. And going into this, I knew Frankenstein was in this. Frankenstein has a certain like way of talking. I was getting used yes, to that, but does. I was not used to fancy. Steve Orlando doing Frankenstein dialogue. That was a little yes. bit too much for me at the beginning. Now, that is true. Uh, sometimes, though, as I'm reading this and you kind of, like you say, you ease in and you're reading and you're getting that that Frankenstein dialogue. It's better that it's Frankenstein, though. Eventually, I kind of did wrap my head around it. Sometimes, though, that Frankenstein dialogue is with Lobo or that Frankenstein yeah. dialogue is with Ryan Choi. And that doesn't make that's when you can't wrap. <laughs> but yes, by the end, I could wrap my head around it a bit, though. This issue, a lot of times and we'll get into it. You'll do the blur. But in this issue, as I was reading and if people try to catch up, I will warn you, don't try to, to you know, every issue at once. It is tough and it is something you kind of have to, you know, go along at a slower pace. If, if you ask me now, the thing is, I think by the end of this, it's like watching an Oasis interview. You sit there oh. and see liam and noel talking and you need subtitles even though they oh. are talking english they're talking english but you're not sure exactly what they're saying and a lot of times in this i see their i know the words i know the word it done hatred you know all the but when they kind of meld together he puts them in a weird little progression and things like that but uh, before one last thing I really wish that Bizarro and Zatanna were in this book and, and also Etrigan, then then it would be great. Then then you would be done. Like an Etrigan, Ryman, and Stealing. You got Bizarro Chase Monsters. Got oh, it'd be so great. Um, but go into the blurb here. Gotham man. City Monsters, number five, written by Steve Orlando with art by Amanke Nahuapan and Trish Mulliville and Tom Napolitano. Duh. 
It's time to do the Monster Mashes. Our heroes are pitted against the Monster League of Evil, and even though this was the driving force to get me to read this series, nothing really comes of it and only works as a cool uh, cool call-out and a way to distract our heroes so that Melmoth can complete his ritual sacrifices and save the multiverse. That's right, everybody. Though through murder, Melmoth plans on being the hero of not only this book, but the DC Universe. Now this is pod racing. You're right, Eric, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention it before we started was the only reason that we really are talking about this tonight is that Classic Monsters, the Universal Monsters are in. You said to me, I'm a page through this you book that's coming out. The deal. Oh my, Universal yeah. Monsters versus the Gotham City Monsters. And, and you probably, in. yeah, you probably heard that a uh, little bit ago on my Solicits podcast on Patreon. I know, but that's I fine. To that. Later on. Only the new show. Later okay, in the week. so at least you admit it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we, I don't like we end spoiled. up having, we end up having the, the main reason that me and you have read four other issues to get to this one. Uh, and it is a penultimate, so we will finish it, is the Universal Monsters. So we go in and you told me earlier in the week when after you reviewed it I believe on a, a wednesday or no actually yesterday thursday you said hey uh yeah that the fight is a little <laughs> bit anticlimactic <laughs> that thing I really not wanted much to doesn't it. really happen here yeah you're like it doesn't really happen so i go into this with that fully in mind i i realize okay eric said it doesn't really happen and I was still let down. That's how little it happened. I, I, you know, it's basically a spread page, a lot of crap talking, a lot of shade being thrown, and, and then pretty much each of them just being oh, obliterated. Frank Frankenstein is doing the whole thing where they're grappling up there, yeah. talking to each other. The idea, how dare you work for Melmoth? If you're an actual mirror version yeah. of me, you'd want freedom above all. And the thing is, I was actually worried about this because Steve Orlando sometimes goes over the top with a lot of things. And the Monster League of Evil is an old call, and that's – Really, a lot of the series seems to be Steve Orlando wanting to show it's his Easter eggs and like, you know, yes. I know a lot of different it weird is. things from like the past 50 years. I'm going to throw things out. Monster League of Evil is one of them, but he goes out here and talks about how the Monster League of Evil has been stuck in limbo for years upon years and the idea of them being able for, and that makes sense because they were like from a Earth 274 or some nonsense from back, you know, in the 70s. So you have not really seen anything of them. So the idea that they're here, it's a cool call out and he does not go over the top and explaining how they could, Melmoth opened a porter, portal, they were in a limbo they're out now like you know what that works for me that's it yeah he didn't get that fancy with it they just are here and it, they look great I, i'm telling you i like the wolf man yeah i like the wolf man he looks great a- at one point he might even be if you colored him right looks a little like fruit brute eric i don't know if you realize that they have a uh, as resemblance to each other uh but you end up with you know, the team ups where they're going to be like, okay, well, Frankenstein versus Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. And then they get wonky right away. Well, that's the but thing I is like we, we have a couple of monsters here, but we also have the like, you know, Steve Orlando's version. The Gotham City monsters for like all outright get up are the seven soldiers of victory here. Not they have mm-hmm. Batwoman on the team. Yeah. You have yep. the seven soldiers here fighting a couple of monsters. So you can't go one on one because you do have a Dracula versus an Andrew Bennett. You have Wolfman versus yeah. Lady Clay. You got Orca and Batwoman fighting the mummy. I'm like, that is just, that is just too well, much against and, and the like, mummy. I, here. I, I actually, I'm glad. I just said because uh yeah andrew bennett and dracula that's fine <laughs> except that there is no way andrew bennett even with help I, i'm telling it's dracula i mean really and and you almost even have the classic where i really thought because that, you know i'm the the creature of the night i'm the lord of the darkness and you're just vampire and uh no i vampire. he doesn't say it because that is something that <laughs> thanks for you because he did through. it the entire series I, so oh far. my goodness i thought I that was what vampire that's, that's where you needed it actually <laughs> and then it doesn't happen but you end up with some cool things if you've been reading this 
series. And if you have, you're one of, you know, a few. So we should all congratulate you for doing this because the sales aren't great. But this issue in this fight, though, it's very quick. It kind of, like I said, all of a sudden the fight starts and you realize, whoo, yeah, there's not exactly Steve the Orlando's greatest. new character, Red Phantom, yeah. going straight up kill Dracula by blowing part. his head up and it's amazing. And that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. You don't have that, cl- like, yes, you have Andrew Bennett, Dracula, Frankenstein, Frankenstein, but the rest gets a little convoluted. But he does do a cool thing because if you have a, a character that is bound by a brick from a theater where he was killed i mean it's so cut but th- you end up having it work out here and it actually works out in a pretty kick butt scene uh the way it goes down now i do want to say too because legitimately we're almost done the issue because there's not much going on here there's a lot of running away there's a lot of running towards slaughter swamp because andrew bennett and dracula both have melmoth's blood running in their veins as acting as a compass to this yeah. big bad villain so they know where to go in what direction but for some reason even though this is our penultimate issue it's time as we run to have a spot like a stop and talk about like who lady clay is to red yes. phantom and stuff like that the idea that they are better than their like backgrounds and they can be the people that they want to be yep. in the long run but here we are issue five the penultimate issue leading to the big final like showdown between them and melmoth i'm like you don't – it's a weird place just to put this in there because yeah. essentially you're doing the same thing you have with these characters the entire run so far since yeah, they became a team. Do. That's what you do. Now, this is going to be the craziest thing. Uh, Eric, I know he agrees because we talked about this and it's very crazy to say this book is important. It may not be that important. I think it's the most but, important book in the DC universe. <laughs> if you and Tom Felrath, he, he's on Slack and he, if he's listening right now, he is asked about books that – you know, are part of the larger DC. What book is giving you the most of what's going on in the whole universe that we're reading, and there is not a closer. It's it, it's it's a race. This book I should have. I actually should have wrote race. down a list of everything that we're dealing yeah. with. Right this now, we are Gotham laps. City monsters in Monster Town on the outskirts of the city of Bane. Has mm-hmm. the Justice War like uh, Justice Doom War is going on with Perpetua? We you have see the Perpetua idea- in this issue. They even talk yeah. about it, and really, because that's what Malmoth is, is doing. He's yes, saving the, the multiverse guy, from Perpetua. The bad guy in this series is trying to win the war that the Justice League keeps failing at. And the thing and, and is, like, is the thing. he is using the Bible of Crime from 52, which is the introduction yeah. of Batwoman and her big part of that whole connection, leading her to this whole thing. And on top of that, being the Seven Soldiers of Victory, when they do come in, because it goes back to Grant Morrison's yep. Seven Soldiers with Melmoth and everything like that. So exactly. you have this gigantic thing. And even in the series, the Doomsday Clock mentioned for the idea that a blue Doomsday voice mentioned, mentioned the Melmoth's yep. mind about the metaverse about and stuff like that. So he knows that he can affect this world here using the Bible of Crime and a ultimately save the multiverse by giving it an immunity to whatever Perpetua is going to do. Croc shows up and says that the Suicide Squad is kind of gone and he has and because of that, because of Leviathan, he's actually still ended up working off a sentence as well. He just Fra- doesn't show up. Frankenstein is here because the Shade has been <laughs> shut down by yeah, Leviathan. Shade's been shut down by Leviathan. Th- this book references Every single thing that's going on. And it doesn't I mean, it do it really, in a bad way. It doesn't. This book is not great. But <laughs> if it is one of those where I'm telling you, in a weird way, it's almost like the guidebook of what's going on big in the DCU. And that's crazy. It's the most amazing thing. I'm telling you, the, di- I, I got, the dialogue. I started is the reading thing. this because of the Universal Monsters. And when I started diving deeper, I'm like, what are you doing, Steve Orlando? You are a madman. Yeah. And the I idea know, that yeah. this is so such a complete history of the DCU right now, that what's going on, it is like a news real of what's happening and it makes sense for what it's doing it's just it's steve orlando's dialogue and the situations that are over the top and the idea too like i'm telling you i don't mind the story 
but certain aspects of what he wants to do with the story. Like all of a sudden, we have this big thing. We got to get to Melmont before he has his final two sacrifices. Do whatever he's going to do to save the multiverse. The, the Gotham City monsters want to stop him. But because we are out of time, we better have one more talk with Red Phantom and you know, like Lady yeah. Claire. Like, oh, we don't need that here. Yeah, no, you don't. And, and it's a shame. Momentum. Yeah, because you can kind of go because they're running a solar slump. Another thing, just to just throw one last thing about the connectivity of it all. What other book? Every other book we see, this happens before City of Bane. This happens before this. This happens. These, this actually this happened had, before the conclusion of City and, of Bane. This even had patrol cars, which says that they're in this book. They're just, you know, you, you almost can turn the other page in a weird way and you'll end up in the Batman book. It's so crazy how connected it is. And I give him full credit. Lady Clay's it, here because, like, she doesn't like, you know, she used to be a Cobra agent. Cobra's been taken down by Leviathan now. So, like, everything yeah. is here. It, it is. It's all here. Now, again, it, it's a tough cover charge to get into this whole establishment of the dialogue of Steve Orlando, especially when he is doing his Frankenstein and Malmuth. They're, they're both. And they're the big yeah. parts. But once you do settle in... It's not as bad as I really was afraid it was going to be, though I wish it was a little better. And one of the things is, and and you have it here where you do end up having Lady Clay. She's going to talk at, at a point. Steve Orlando, I swear, he's like in a manic state and he just wants all this information out there. And, and at some points he should just say, OK, we don't need that. Let's go. At this point, Lady Clay, we know enough about her. I know enough to, I don't like her, you do. But still, we don't need a full out, let's stop a little. Because like you said, at the point where you just fought the Universal Monsters and beat the crap in them, especially the way Dracula just gets destroyed. <laughs> well, Frankenstein, uh, our Frankenstein, pun- and like, Frankenstein yeah. pu- blows up the other Frankenstein's head by punching it. Yeah, like, head they were just, just brutally destroyed. wrecked. And at that point, you have Melmoth, who has gathered these two uh, you know what women. The best and part a, a about this guy. is when they sat down, they actually talked about the idea of undead creatures like this will always find a way to resurrect, even yeah, though they don't have resurrect. I'm like, well, at least we have the Monster League of Evil in this world now, and the ability for them to well, sometimes come back. The, the funny thing is, at, at the one added, point, Jim. they end up, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. And there's another thing you usually take away, especially in that sort of thing. But at one point, like you know what, the undead. They always return. They always have that there. So put Dracula's head a little bit further away from him. I'm like, throw it into the sun. Get rid of it. But of course, you're there. You don't want it. You're like the dark universe is starting here, baby. It's getting ready. You're like, where's Frankenstein's bride? I need it. Uh, yeah, so you you end up. Oh with that. man, imagine that! All of a sudden, you have the bride from the our universe here, who's broken up with yeah. the our Frankenstein, and now and she's goes moved with on the new and one? goes with the the, the, the Monster crap. League of Evil. I, Frankenstein. I will tell you, the Monster League of Evil Frankenstein ain't, ain't got nothing on our Frankenstein. No. Our Frankenstein's pretty cool, but uh, <laughs> uh, Dracula though, he's always there. Right. I, I like Dracula. He looks good too. He, he does. Uh, he looks it's like a as if He doesn't age. That Dracula. That's Gwen Stefani. I hear as a Dracula. I heard the other day. Somebody was saying that when they saw it, but you end up as it's going forward. You're you're completely right. It's just because they saw her drinking blood. They're going forward. You're so So pumped. I mean, at this point, you're excited. You're like, all right. Even though you're like, ooh, that was a little quick, but all right, let's go. Let's have some fun. That's the ultimate issue. I know what we have to do to get down. We have to get everything, our ducks in a row to meet up with Melmoth at our final countdown. I know this. And I wish that we just got there. I wish that the battle kind of started there, but it's to lead to a cliffhanger. Well, you you have a lot of monologuing too. Even when you have Clay, Lady Clay, she's telling her thing, but then you go off 
to Malmuth, who has to kind of go through his whole thing again. We've we've heard a lot of what he's saying here. We know that he's trying to stop the Perpetua and this multiversal deal. Uh, you know, and end of the way he said the epicenter for an immune response that'll ripple across the yeah, world. I'm yeah. like, all Calm right, down, I don't need I that. <laughs> Let's get going. Let's go because you end up having another cool thing where they're in Slaughter Swamp, and I don't know if you realize it's not a great place. No, I know no. that it's it's not even a great place to visit, let alone live. Honestly, I just don't think any Hence swamps are a great swamp. place to hang out. I just think that they should, somebody has to go a PR agent and call it like Daffodil Swamp now and, and fool people. I mean, really, because usually villains are leading people there and, and you bad crap's the going the on there. You leave the bodies, don't you? Yes, exactly. It's what I want to have. Craig T. Nelson comes running out. Welcome to Daffodil Swamp and then goes off insane. <laughs> and so he goes, and then when they get there, oh man, Daffodil Swamp, this doesn't look so great. Then you kill him. See, you don't want to try to lead them. Who's going to Slaughter Swamp? But yet- People still go to Slaughter Bad Swamp. Guys but these and Grundy. Guys, yeah, Grundy, because that's the cool thing, too. There are really cool concepts in this book. There really are. Because then you have Malmuth. Well, I, who, I love who, this, too, because one of the big problems, too, because Steve Orlando did spend a lot of the series doing, like I said before, the Easter eggs and call-outs of things. Just yeah. to kind of look like, hey, look at me. I'm Mr. DC over here. Even though they're yeah. ridiculous. Like the idea that Melmoth's troops were the Martian mandrills from the Silver Age yeah. nonsense. And having that, and yeah. now they're all gone, thankfully, because they're ridiculous. Again, no. That's going to Steve Orlando. It is. <laughs> he, now he's, he's just resurrecting a army of Grundies that oh, are Grundies. ready to be born, which are, that's pretty cool uh, concept yeah, right there. The, the idea that you activate the slaughter swamp and get all the Grundies that are and, re- and waiting to be born. And the thing with it Good. is you're not really – like at points, Steve Orlando will go a little too far with that. And like you said, even about how the classic monsters got here. They came through a portal. Yeah. You end up at the slaughter swamp. A little, you know, hocus pocus. I don't care. All I want to see is an army of Grundies. And there they are. I just want to know, you know, I know that a lot of of people die. There is a gaggle of Grundies. And the thing is, I know that, you know, a lot of people end up killed in there. Uh, a lot of guys with the same exact coat and pants are they, they are all dressed the same they, they just come out there they're all dressed to the, the resurrections there. of cyrus gold are all like this for the most part i actually was looking to see if they had the idea that i'm always telling you about that everybody forgets that grundy used to be born differently like different yeah, times different stuff like that. i actually want to see if they didn't have like a mobster grundy like they're like oh, freaking great. stuff like that I want the mobster Grundy. I want the Grundy who works at the soft serve counter at the Dairy Queen. I, I want the janitor Grundy who yells Mr. Spot and then yells and starts saying. Then you got the Grundy who's always going around on the fork truck saying working hard. Thankfully, hard we working. don't get those Grundys very it, often. Oh, you got the one habitual masturbating Grundy. You don't want to get – he gets handsy, that guy. He gets a little wild. But no, and really, if if Steve Orlando would have done that, would it have raised your score at least like a couple if Maybe. you would have seen that? I, I agree. It's just I know that they're like you said the resurrections are all the deal, but when they all come out together and they're like, "Hey, look at me! I got this coat. Hey, is that your my coat?" Oh man, it must be Monday. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, I said you don't go to Slaughter Slaughter Swap on Mondays. That's good. And and it's funny too because it's set up by Malmoth in a in a cool Tony, this is almost the idea way. I was telling you about where I wanted a group that were ready to have Grundies, like they were making Grundies for the most part, where mm-hmm. if their Grundy died, they had like a brain control thing. They sent a troop to go rile up the next Grundy, and you'd have a troop go in with a tag on his freaking like flak jacket or something like that, that says, yeah. I hate Mondays because yeah, that's the day he's gotta work. I'm like, this is along the lines good. where you just keep resurrecting a Grundy after he dies. Eric, that's a hot hot take, baby. That is a hot take. I love that. Hot take. (laughs) There you go, Eric. It's not a hot take. take. 
It was a hot take. Definitely and, one of and, these. And, and with that stuff, well, Eric, I've used it so much up till now. I know. When you, when you end up doing this, I do like the, it's such a weird idea where you start thinking like, why don't we have a Grundy Dial H type deal where, like you said, like you need a new Grundy, almost like a suicide scribe Grundy. Now he's the gangster and it would be pretty cool. But the idea that Melmoth even Boss says, Grundy. I always am here with a gaggle. It, it just, I, you know, my other guys are them, but here comes the Grundies, and they just start coming up, and I'm like, all right, that's cool. And uh, other things in this where you have seen where you have Melmoth's blood that is running through Frankenstein amongst others, but Andrew you, Benning, yeah. and you're able to track them that way. It, it's almost like the blood divining, right? All this stuff actually makes sense while you're reading this. He he actually takes care to kind of pull things back in when you do it's very well done mostly the dialogue awful but you end up where they end up going i actually think it's a little bit better this issue than it had been this issue is a little better i think just because it's pretty straightforward right but no it isn't great but you end up with malmouth he's gonna finish all this even says i'll have my treatment i'll finish the medicine just like you know steve orlando guys does and that's where he gets stopped because you end up having our heroes, the Gotham City monsters, do show up and just and wreck out some Grundies now. They go to town until and, and, yeah. we need our big cliffhanger for the ending yeah. of this thing, where we this whole time we've had our Gotham City monsters that have been brought together by the idea of vengeance for the people that Melmoth has killed in their lives when he started his whole quest yeah. and this whole thing has brought them together to take him down. And now we see the Killer Croc has betrayed everybody by impaling yeah. Frankenstein well, with Melmoth's sword. And he- here's the deal. If you if you have been reading this, the first issue, really, we see that Croc's there because Tusk got hurt. He who cares? Tusk got Tusk. killed. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's just here, and he's like, I guess they're really going with this idea that I really like Tusk. All you like Tusk and Lady Clay's, they they talk to me like a people's. Uh, he's in. So then we see, but, but he ends up when we have yeah, him I, impale you, the Frankenstein here. We do see uh, Croc's eyes glowing yellow. And the yeah. thing before, if you were infected with Melmoth's blood, he couldn't uh, like you know take you over and control you until you you actually could get it exercised out of you, like Andrew Bennett did in the series, like Frankenstein did yeah. earlier, before, well before the series. So it might just be a thing where somehow he got infected. Yeah, and it seems that way, which is I and you, you know you have Andrew Bennett with his eyes going, but he's like Croc. And the thing is that you have to keep in mind as well. This isn't Damien getting sliced. This is Frankenstein. Oh and, no! And, I'm and again, monster. I can't and, be yeah, killed. I, and again, that's the thing. As a you know, a little bit of a foreshadowing to remind you to get this cliffhanger again done in a pretty well and subtle way. Frankenstein went through the whole idea. You know, us undead. You, you can't really kill us. We, we come back, and that's what you would figure is going to happen by the end. He's spilling I've a lot of Melmoth's blood there. Batman amputate his whole body to figure out how he works for it. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. I ended up amputating my hands once, and then my hands ended up working on me. Surgery, Eric. It didn't make sense, but it, it worked for me. We're going to burn I'm you undead. at stake. I'm undead, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you just Undead. Is that how you say it? But we, we are done. Uh, the idea, though, that it's don't think that why we sound very enthusiastic. And and I am actually because I was surprised. And actually, me and you talking, I said I was going to have to lean on you, yeah. Eric, like lean on me. And actually, once we started up, I am enjoying this issue a little more than I did going in. So thank you. Eric. Thank you very much. 
don't think that you can jump into this issue with this one. Please don't go, oh man, Jim and Eric like this, I'm going to read this issue. Technically, besides for the idea of who no, Red Phantom is, I'm telling you, there's not, they do a lot I of recap this isn't. issue. They do the recap, but there's these little things, like I said, that end up like, kind of making sense. You might not get some sense. Orca or Andrew Bennett or Lady Clay or like your no. stuff like that. You might not get like the a lot of the team, but for the most part, do okay. they really matter? Here, well- here, here's the deal. At, at the one of the biggest I don't parts, know if we mentioned Orca one, once. One of the biggest parts that you're going to get in this, if you haven't read it, I don't know what happened to Frankenstein. He threw a brick. It went to the vampire, and then it turned into a head. Yeah, Red Phantom. That's what it no, looks no, like. No. If Red Phantom would be a big problem. And, and but, but if you read, if you read it from the start, it's one of the better scenes in the entire series. But <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, I don't understand. He, the brick turned into a demon, and you'd have no idea. So uh, it is something that I would suggest if you have. Some time, yeah, and maybe wait until. And it's a shame. That's the worst thing this about might be a cool the trade, idea. Actually, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. I, I I wish that DC would up the ante and not wait a year for things to hit the the DC Universe app. I wish I know what they do. They don't want to make it six months because then a six month you know mini series will start hitting that and people won't buy the trade but make it eight months or something a little cl- but if you are down the line you see this come popping up on the dc universe give it a shot and see what you think or just go but to your yeah. local comic book shop and wait till it's in like the dollar bin or something like that yeah also it, don't stop at one if you're really interested that first issue was very <laughs> tough to rough. get through it is it's a speed bump to get to some of the good stuff but what did you give it i ended up giving this a 6.8 out of 10 and that's because i really enjoyed the art and i like the outcome i'm telling you i like the idea of this whole story and how inclusive it is to the rest of the dc universe it's just that in the long run there wasn't doing a lot we had a big fight with monsters that ended really like quickly and then had a quick talk as we ran to Slaughter Swamp to go fight some Grundies. There wasn't a yeah. lot to this, but overall, for what we're getting out of this with the characters and the whole mythology that we're dealing with, we're doing a lot here without doing a whole lot to get us there. Yeah, I'm with you. Do you like the mummy more than the wolf? Man? Absolutely not. That's a hot take, Eric. I love the wolf man. That was lame. Oh, my God, Eric. That was a lame take. You got a lame take. I'm going 6-5. I just wanted to do a lame take for you and set you up. The art's great. The art is really good. I think that it even, me and you both said, when you get to Slaughter Swamp near the end, uh, it even has a Kelly Jones, like yeah. not fully, but it kind of goes that route and things like that, which makes sense in a slaughter swamp and stuff like that. And it really has that hard tinge to it, even though at the beginning, when you do have the universal monsters and our monsters fighting, it, it's more of an action. The type monster deal. league I of think evil, that, Jim. Yeah. The monster mm-hmm. league of evil. What, what are they, Eric? That, is that a hot <laughs> take? Me, now this is pod it was a hot take. Oh my, Eric. Listen, it's like a dance party tonight, right? Uh, but yeah, I like it more early? than I thought. Uh, yes, really. And I don't ever go. And, and then when I show up, they're like, why are you here? Nobody invited you. And then I go home. Ew. And I, I realized that I wasn't even at the dance at that point. I was at home. And they said You'd that. You passed out from autoerotic asphyxiation. <sighs> hey, listen, you know, sometimes you, you got to do it yourself. Uh, but yeah, I, I like this book. Some, <laughs> really? <laughs> all the time. I'm, I'm a self-made man. 